Okay, so we are in Acts, uh, going through this incredible book, this story of the early church empowered by the wonderful Holy Spirit, the Spirit poured out at the day of Pentecost. As you know, Em set the series up a few weeks ago now. that We then looked at being filled with the Holy Spirit. Ralph last week did a, such a stellar job looking at what a spirit-filled community looks like and some of the, the bedrock or uh, foundations that are in place that means this is what a spirit-empowered community looks like, that they don't consider their own needs first, but they look like, what does it, what does it mean to be part of this community? Today, we're looking, we're continuing to look at, I love that phrase M started if, a few weeks ago now, it's all about the works of Jesus empowered by the Holy Spirit in the lives of his followers, disciples. Um, So that's what we want to thread through all of this. We are his followers, his disciples. So it's the continued work of Jesus through people. So if you have a Bible, turn to Acts 3. It'll come up on the the screen next to me here. But I'm going to read from Acts 3, uh, 10 verses. It's the the story of the lame beggar or the crippled beggar, some of your uh, Bibles will say. Picking up Acts 3, verse 1. One day... Just one day. One day, uh, that's it. The band back up, please. Just one day. Let that minister to your soul. Um, One day, Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer. This was their custom, I guess, at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going in and out of the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money, but Peter looked straight at him. As did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Just remarkable. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went into the temple courts with them, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw this man walking and praising God, they recognised that this is that same guy, that same man, that cripple that was sat outside the temple gate called Beautiful, begging. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had just happened to him. You know, here, friends, we read an incredible story of a miraculous healing that took place. This man was crippled from birth crippled from birth and he was he gets supernaturally healed in a moment this is an utter miracle I don't know how long you've been a Christian um been nearly 20 years for me and you can read over this as like oh this is just part of our story this is remarkable he was crippled from birth and in a moment he gets supernaturally healed and it changes everything this happened because he had an encounter with the risen Christ through the life of Peter and John Through their lives, they were off to the temple, as was their custom. But rather than God being confined in a temple, he's obviously everywhere. So he is in the temple, but he's everywhere. He's on the streets now. He's broken out everywhere in people's hearts and lives. So rather than Peter and John going to meet God at the temple, they were actually carrying the presence of God within them. So they were bringing the temple, they were bringing the presence and power and love and mercy of Jesus everywhere they went, basically. They happened to be walking past this guy, we don't know his name. Uh, I was going to say a name, doesn't matter, Keith. <laughs> Keith sat outside the temple begging every, every day. And, and he encountered 
somehow Jesus, Peter brought God to this man. As Ralph said last week, I thought it's great how he reminded us that the new temple now is the new covenant family of God. That is the new temple. How many? One, two, three, four, five. I, I, I can't count, count quick enough. There's over 10 of us here today, socially distanced, <laughs> may I add. But we are the temple of God. We are the place where God lives and abides and dwells. We are now the new covenant family of God. And it started with them and it's rolled out here. I love this. We are now the temple. What I think is so lovely here as well is that I think Peter wants this man to feel seen. He wants him to know his dignity and value. It says, as they're walking past, this guy was begging, Peter said, look at us. Hundreds, thousands would have passed him ignoring him day by day by day. In a moment, this guy's begging and Peter says, hey, friend, look at us. I love this. Eye contact, human being to human being. I'm on your level. We're on the same level. I've, I really feel like he, Peter wanted him to feel important. It's not, it doesn't say this here. I don't want to shoehorn too much in, but I kind of feel like he wanted him to see, be, feel seen and valued to know that we've stopped for you. It's probably safe to say that <laughs> this man probably didn't have any if absolute zero contact from people, possibly, if any contact. People would have just passed by. Or if he did, it would have been very minimal. He most likely would have been treated as someone unclean, untouchable, an outcast of society. People wouldn't have stopped. You know, this man needed money. He needed resources to live, to survive, to eat. He was clearly in great need, poor, crippled, forgotten, hoping just to find just a little bit of charity from someone, sat there day after day, but then along comes two Christ followers, filled with God's love and power, Christ followers, and they stop for him, carrying the presence and love of the Lord. Now, it's not written in here, so again, please don't stone me for heresy, but I, I wonder whether it would have been something like Peter and John stopping saying, hey, what's your name? Not just kind of having one glib encounter and then moving on, but what's your name? I'm Peter, this is John, what's your name? And this guy probably like, oh good, they're there. I'm good for it. These guys have stopped, they're gonna give me something. But Peter says, you know, silver and gold I don't have. We read that in the scriptures, don't we? He stops, he looks at him, Silver and gold we don't have. So the guy must have thought, why did you stop then? I need something. Why did you stop? Basically, I think Peter's saying, I've, well, we know I've got something far more valuable for you, for you, for your life right now. Side note here. This is never an excuse to use this text or this story to not help the needy, to not give financially, to not provide food and shelter and warmth and clothing and food for people in need. It's what it looks like for us as Christ followers. We're to give, we're to use the resources that God has given us to serve and care for the most vulnerable. Man, that is never an, an option, it's a non-negotiable. If, if you confess to follow Christ and you, you walk past someone that's hungry, it's on you, it's on me to feed the hungry, to, to feed the thirsty, to care for the poor. It's on us. Matthew, uh, Matthew's gospel, Jesus is really clear actually. Matthew 5, 42, in the context of an eye for an eye, he says, if someone asks for your coat, give him, give him it. If someone asks for money, give him money. If someone begs from you, give. And we know, man, I know we're to exercise wisdom and discernment. I know that. But Jesus doesn't say that in this text. He said, if someone asks, 
give. So it's both and, right? It's not just, boom, supernatural, miraculous power encounters. It is that, but it's equally sitting with someone, engaging eye contact with them, giving them food, money, resources, whatever they need to survive, right? You and I are called to care for the poor. So, gosh, this is a series we're going through. This is about healing here. But I don't want this to just be one hyped moment. I've got to remember the context of what it means to follow Christ. It means to look like him. Matthew 25, 35 to 36. You know the story well, some of you. Jesus says, when I was hungry, he gave me food. Thirsty, he gave me a drink. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me in. When I was naked, you clothed me. Sick, you visited me. When I was in prison, you came to me. This is what it looks like to follow Christ. So we absolutely have to hold in our hearts. Man, we carry the presence of the Lord wherever we go, but we carry his heart wherever we go. A heart of compassion, a heart that would pour out our resources to those that need it most. This is what it looks like to follow Christ. But in this moment, What Peter gave him radically impacted his physical health, right? It changed everything for him, this supernatural healing that changed his whole life. Verse eight in Acts three, we know this to be true because it it doesn't say that the guy just went, oh, cheers for that, and just went on. It says he jumped and he leaped and he praised God. Of course he did. What else would be the appropriate response to this? This man was crippled, lame from birth. And in a moment, he was healed. Peter said, come on, up you get. He jumped, he leaped, he praised God. Man, I want to believe that's going to be the reality for some of you today. When we pray at the end, I believe God's given words of knowledge to some of you for specific healings that you've carried for years. And I want to believe with my friends here that you're going to jump, you're going to leap, and you're going to praise God. Peter says, what I have, I give to you. I don't have silver and gold, but what I have, I give to you. What I have, what I hold, what I possess, what I carry within me, I want to pass that on to you. This is what it was. It was Jesus. It's an easy answer, isn't it? Jesus. This is what we have. This is what we, my friends here, this guys, this is what we have. This is what we hold. This is what we possess, what we carry. We carry Jesus. And this is what I give to you, Peter says. I want you to meet Jesus. I want you to meet his love. I want you to be transformed by his power and love to heal. He was healed. This this lame, this crippled, dear man was healed by the risen Christ. Risen Christ. Peter says, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. It's interesting, Ruth and crew preparing this says what a beautiful name worthy is your name it's all about his name it's not just a name it's the name it's the name that is above every other name that his name darkness trembles at his name people get healed at his name demons flee at his name people get saved his name so this is important for us to grab hold of here friends we need to hold on to this in the name of Jesus be healed. Peter didn't fast for 25 days. Now, nothing wrong with that, right? We need to pray and fast. We're a community who fasts. He didn't shout and scream in tongues. He just simply used the name of Jesus and he said in his name, walk. 
Peter didn't say, Lord, if you're willing. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Of course not. Sometimes we need to catch the compassion of someone hurting and just say, God, if you're willing. But Peter knew, my goodness, Jesus is willing. We need to know, friends, above everything else, he's proved he's willing. Peter knew exactly where this healing came from. It wasn't in his own strength of power. It was in the name and authority of Christ. Let's just be clear. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who was killed for the sins of the world, who was buried in a tomb and who rose again in absolute and wonderful power and now holds all authority. Remember the Great Commission, Matthew 28, Jesus risen from death, he's with his disciples and he says, all authority has been given to me. I'm sure they now get it like, absolutely. like you're alive, all authority has been given to me. Therefore go, go and transform the world. So I wanna say to you, I wanna look down the barrel of this lens here and say all nations, Vine Life family, all authority has been given to Jesus and he has delegated that authority to you to go and heal the sick. All authority has been given. Colossians 2.15, we see where this authority came from through the finished and completed work of the cross. 2.15, it says, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. It says in the verse before that, that he nailed it all to the cross. He nailed the written code that stood against us, sin, the, the, the punishment of sin, everything that sin stood for, he nailed it to the cross. He carried it to the cross and he disarmed all of the powers and he made a public spectacle of them. Jesus has made a public spectacle of sickness. I want to be super careful here because, man, I've carried things for years. I've lost people I love. I prayed for more people that haven't been healed, that have been healed. I know we live in attention. We'll get to that in a bit, but... He has made a public spectacle of sickness because of him risen from death itself. All because of the finished, completed, total work of Jesus at the cross, he has been given all authority over sickness, demons, principalities and powers, the Bible says, over evil, Jesus now stands victorious. And he's the name above every name. And that name is Jesus as we as we know that every sickness one day must bow its knee. One sweet day, every sickness will be swept away. But now we want to pray for glimmers and flashes of the kingdom to know that, man, cancer, you you don't get to reign here. Arthritis, you don't get to reign here. Diabetes, you don't get to reign here. Anxiety, you don't get to reign here. Heart conditions, you do not get to reign here. Jesus is a name that is above you. Other examples very quickly through Acts. Uh, We're looking at healing today, but there's other healings scattered throughout Acts. Acts 5, uh, 12 to 16, it says that many signs and wonders were done by the hands of the apostles. I love that. (laughs) Many signs and wonders were done. And it says that people were even bringing their sick out onto mats and cots. I don't think little baby cots, just lying them straight over them, but onto mats and they were desperate, bringing their sick out into the streets. And it says that even Peter's shadow was healing the sick. Man, it's ridiculous. 
Imagine that you just happen to walk past someone and they're instantly healed because of the person who you carry on the inside. Acts 9, 32 to 35, Peter healed a paralysed man that was bedridden for eight years. Man's horrendous. Peter just simply says to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up, make your bed. And the man got up. Acts 9, 36 to 43, we read about a lady called Tabitha or Dorcas. It says that she became seriously ill and died. That's pretty extreme. Seriously ill and died. And the new Peter was in town. They knew the other apostles were in town. They sent for Peter. And it says that Peter knelt beside her, this dead shell, knelt beside her, took her hand and said, Tabitha, arise. Man, this challenges me. This challenges me. I remember losing my friend 11 years ago now. I went to see him in the Chapel of Rest and there was a Bible open in there. This is the weirdest thing I've ever done. And I remember after that, just me, me almost beating myself up for a little while, thinking, why didn't I have the courage to just say, get up? I just didn't. But this challenges us, right? This is the same spirit that's here, the same spirit that raised Christ, the same spirit, the same authority that Peter has, but he had the courage to kneel beside her and say, Tabitha, arise. And it says that she got up. Friends, that same authority that was available for Peter is available for us. He dwells within us. He lives and abides within us. Christ in us is the hope for everyone and everything around us. It has to be. Otherwise, we should put a closed sign on the church. He's the answer to society's problems, to the ailments and illnesses that we carry. We are ministers of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit. You don't have to go to college. You don't have to go to theological seminary. You are a minister of Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit. We carry the essence and the nature of Christ everywhere we go. God's new temple. He lives and abides. Like Ralph said last week from Peter in Ephesians says, we're living stones being built together where God lives. So we just carry him wherever we go. So I want to encourage you, whenever you hear of a loved one, a family member, a friend, you walk past someone in the streets, I pray right now that you'd have something that goes on, like a whisper in your spirit that just says, Christ is in me. I carry the authority of the risen Christ. Wherever I go, he goes. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna believe for something to happen. We have that delegated authority. We carry the same mandate as they had. We read in the gospels. This was their starting point. And we somehow look at this to say, oh, until we achieve this, this is what they started with. Jesus said, preach the kingdom, heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the leper and raise the dead. That's still our mandate today. It started with them and it's our mandate today. So I want to encourage us, I want to encourage you, preach the kingdom. Talk about the king wherever you go. Heal the sick, cast out devils, cleanse the leper. Dare I say it? I want to long for a day where we hear the dead being raised in Christ. Man, because Jesus is alive miraculous demonstrations of his power and love should be on display. They should be amongst us and in us and through us somehow, because he's alive. If he was dead, we don't expect that, but he's alive. 
And because he's alive, we should expect the same miraculous powers today. However, I know we live in a tension. The now and the not yet of the kingdom. We can't just mysteriously brush this under the carpet. It is a mystery. We live in this tension. One sweet day, the kingdom will completely overshadow everything and every sickness will be made whole, if that makes sense, will be undone. But right now, man, we're, we're praying for glimmers of the kingdom just to break out in power. We live in this tension. I'm sure you have all sorts of stories. Some of you have carried illnesses and ailments for years. I'm sure you have stories of, of not being healed. Um, uh, one of the most profound for me is my friend Digger. Uh, several years ago now, he, he phoned me and him on Christmas Eve, I think it was, to say that he'd just been diagnosed with leukemia. Um, and they hadn't told the family, hadn't told their kids yet or anything like that because they, wa <clears throat> they wanted them to have a Christmas. Uh, we prayed and we fasted as a church. We prayed. We tried to believe. Help me with my unbelief, that kind of stuff. But Digger died six months and he went home to be with the Lord. So we know, I know we live in this tension. So I don't want this to be some hype thing where we just declare it and it will, like, let's, let's, let's hold on to the mystery, hold on to the tension. But I don't want that. And I, knew, I know Digger would have said the same to me. Don't let what you didn't see determine what you hope to see, what you're believing for, what the kingdom is made up of. Don't let what you didn't see determine what we're hoping for what we're believing for, what we're holding on for. Even a seed, a mustard seed of faith can move a mountain. So we need to believe for this. We, we have the theology for it often, but our practice is determined because of the lack of experience. I remember my dear wife, Em, she, she prayed for, uh, in, when we were helping out in the youth team, she prayed for someone that had migraines and they just got worse. And she was just like, I'm never praying for anyone again. And we're just like, no, darling, that's not how it works. Keep going, keep contending, keep praying. I'm believing that some people are gonna get miraculously healed today. We need to hold on to what is true. Jesus is still healer. He is still wonderfully good and he heals today. He is willing. He holds all authority over sickness, suffering and calamity. He is good and he is a loving and kind saviour and he wants to heal our broken bodies. So, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray for that. We're gonna declare the mighty name of Jesus over, over bodies and over people today. So, guys, my wonderful friends are just resting here. I'm gonna invite, I'm, I wanted to say I wanna invite the band back up. They're right here. Just come, come from the bleachers, from, from right back there. Um, and we're just going to have some time right now just to set some space, if you like. And I just wonder, Em, if it would work if maybe you could just pad something just gently. We'll finish in a bit with a song just because we want to fix our eyes fully on Jesus. But before we do that, I want to ask you, what does life look like for you? I want to invite Katie back up, actually, because we're going to do this together somewhat. What does life look like for you? What are you contending for? Um, is there an area of healing that you've 
maybe it's something new that your knees have gone, your back's gone, something, or maybe it's something you've carried for decades, for years, physically, emotionally. What are you contending for? Because in a few moments, like Peter did, we're not going to shout and strive and perform and hype. We're going to simply declare the mighty name of Jesus and say, be well, stand, walk, sit, hear, see, be whole again. Katie, do you want to share some stuff? Yeah, definitely. It's so good this morning. I feel so challenged because I do know that we all hold that tension, don't we, of not seeing people reach healing, but also believing that there is a... Um, a world, a space in which we see the kingdom of God here on earth and we do see the dead rise and people healed. And I want to start by sharing some testimonies, right? That we can stand on testimonies, stories of healing that have happened before and ask God to do yeah, it again, really to encourage one another, to strengthen one another. Um, thank you so much for everyone that's been putting in the chat and I'm going to come to these later and we're going to pray specific, specifically over the people that have put in the chat um, certain needs that they have. So it's not too late if you want to do that now. Um, but just a couple of testimonies. The first one is from myself. Um, I, when I was praying about this morning, felt really encouraged to share this testimony because I barely ever think about it. But gosh, God's goodness reigns today. Um, when I was about 12 years old, I started with really severe separation anxiety and panic attacks. For about three years, I could not be away from my parents, my home, for longer than three hours. I couldn't do sleepovers. I'd call them up in the middle of the night. They had to come pick me up. It, it was a really horrible and fear-filled time in my life. And um, people were praying and people were fasting and nothing was shifting. I went to a summer camp called Soul Survivor, which loads of you will know. Um, we stood in worship and one of the preachers just got up and said, we're just going to pray for people who get panic attacks now. Before I knew it, I'd stood up and I was just ready. I was like, I'm so done with being so fear-filled and I'm so done with being so anxious. And I have not had a panic attack since that day. Amazing, mate. In 2014, 13, I can't remember, since I was in year 10. And I absolutely believe that the Lord this morning wants to heal people of panic attacks that at the name of Jesus, fear flees. And so we just say in the name of Jesus, panic attacks are gone. That separation anxiety is gone. Specifically parents, if this is something you're experiencing with your children, your teenagers, we just speak over your children that they are um, free from fear, yeah. that they are sons and daughters. And that because of that, they are free from fear and, um, because of the person of Jesus. So good. Another testimony to share, um, just in thinking about today, I was speaking to a friend last week who just very casually said that they were a diagnosed celiac and they'd had gluten intolerances, that they'd got prayer a few years ago and now eat gluten on the regular. No symptoms, no symptoms at all. Um, so I just want to pray right now in the name of Jesus that those of you that have severe intolerances, um, specifically digestive issues, um, IBS that you've not been able to break in the name of Jesus and by the, the power of the Holy Spirit, we just ask that they're gone um, and we stand on these testimonies that have passed. Yeah, so good. <clears throat> Friends of our community here in Vine Life, uh, Chris Light. Many of you know Chris. He's he's been contending and encouraging us as a church community to go after allergies. So it's so interesting that you say that. Um, allergies and intolerances, and, and Neil Cornthwaite felt the same. So here's here's some other words of knowledge that people have texted through. Um, knees. <laughs> 
this was from your dad, I love the way your dad, your dad was just like knees, feel like, like knees. Um, Sarah, Sarah Howard had eyes and visual problems, uh, allergies and intolerances. Two people, Abby and Anna, text through migraines and headaches. Anxiety, I felt anxiety as well. Um, maybe a sciatic nerve issue. I had this shooting pain. I was driving back from down south yesterday. I had this shooting pain up my leg that I've had for a little while and I just felt the Lord say, sciatic nerve issues, kidneys. Two people had this as well. Right ankle and right knee. Uh, autoimmune response, thyroid, rheumatoid arthritis. And Sarah's feeling like this could be the root of self-rejection somehow. So as, as I've read those out, some of you, if it's a knee, you would have just not heard anything else, just knee. Um, Andy had something as well, didn't he? Yeah, um, Andy had a picture of specifically a sports injury on a right leg and it showed, actually he had a picture of an x-ray of a fracture or a break in the shin bone. Um, so we want to pray for healing in that as well. So let's do this. Wherever you are, um, we're going to pray. Katie, you felt as well to have people gather around. Do you want to just share that? Absolutely. And then we'll, we'll um, whoever it. is in your home, whether it is a toddler, uh, whether it is uh, anyone else that is around, housemates, um, please gather around one another. Just ask them to place a hand on the, uh, the area that, um, yeah, that you feel is an, an issue. And if you are on your own, we are with you. Yes. Um, just place a hand wherever you are, but we are, um, yeah, we are praying with you this morning. Yeah, so let's, let's just pray. Let's do Claire. Yeah. So wherever you find yourself, whatever you've been carrying for all these years, maybe something brand new, knee, eyes, allergies, migraines, anxiety, legs, kidneys, right ankle, sciatic nerve, anxiety, intolerances, whatever it is, we hold all of that up, but we hold Jesus higher. Yeah. And we say in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. In the name of and authority of the risen Christ be healed. We speak to knee issues, to every allergy and uh, intolerance, to peanut allergies. Yeah. My son has suffered with this for years. We speak to that in the name of Jesus and say, go, be healed. Kidneys, be whole again. Sciatic nerves, be settled, be pain-free. Whatever's going on in this right ankle and right knee, be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Anxiety, you have to surrender to the name of Jesus. So we hold up the name that is above every name and the authority of the risen Christ. We don't shout and scream. We just say in Jesus' mighty name, be healed. Thank you so much for everyone who have just loved scrolling through the live chat this morning and the way that as church family you have gathered around and already started praying for people that you might not even have met yet across all nations and Vine Life praying for healing. So just a few people that we've seen. Becky, we're praying for your right shoulder, healing in the name of Jesus. Fergus, we're praying for your tinnitus to go and your hearing to return in the name of Jesus. Um, Dave, we're praying uh, for your prostrate as well, that there would be healing, uh, divine surgery you've asked for in the name of Jesus and also for gluten intolerances. Um, Effie, we're praying for Isabella. We're praying um, for her pollen allergy that she would be healed in the name of Jesus. Yes. 
and we want to encourage you. Please do let us know on the chat if you're sensing anything, if you're feeling anything, if there's any immediate changes. We know they might not happen right now, but we're believing they will happen. Um, so please do let us know if that is happening either now or later on through email. Yeah, so good. That's so good. So yeah, as, as you're sensing Jesus do things, I'm going to hand back over to Ruth and the band and we're just going to fix our eyes on Jesus. But just keep allowing him to, 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 to work, to move. And, and if there's stuff that you couldn't previously do, or if you feel the Lord healing your body in some way, as Katie said, please put it out on the chat or email us another time because we want to keep sharing stories and testimonies of what Jesus is doing. So, Lord Jesus, we look to you. We say you're incredible. We thank you that you're a good, kind and loving saviour. Thank you that you are a healer today and we keep releasing your healing power over bodies, minds, in Jesus' name. Amen. Over to you guys.